Reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then, calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Blessed be the Lord our Shepherd, who supplies our needs. Amen. My God, what a week. What a week it has been. Monday saw the horrific terrorist bombings at the finish line of the Boston Marathon, the subsequent manhunt for the suspects, much of which occurred very close to where Amy and I lived when we were in graduate school. The week also saw bombings in places like Baghdad. And I saw 
on the internet a, a photograph of uh, rebel soldiers in Syria holding a sign, and not just soldiers, but uh, gatherings of Syrians, holding a sign that said, bombings like this happen every day in Syria. The people of Boston, we send you our condolences. The week also saw earthquakes. The explosion at the fertilizer plant in West Texas and the very tragic death of a young Redwood High School student whose funeral service will be held today. The gradual hymn that we sang is a beautiful paraphrase of Psalm 23. And I'd like us to visit Psalm 23, so I'm going to ask you to turn in your Book of Common Prayer to page 612. Page 612. Together, let us say Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup is running over. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If there was a week to turn to Psalm 23, this was it. And it seems almost providential that it is the psalm appointed in our lectionary. And almost as soon as I began watching the events unfold around the bombings at the marathon in Boston, I was drawn to this text in the lectionary and have been spending the week with this text as I've been watching events unfold. And I I have to confess that it's also led me to rewrite portions of it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of cable news, I will fear no speculation. And on Twitter, I saw the very Episcopal concern about whether or not the term still waters was a reference to scotch or vodka. We all know this psalm, right? And many of us have mainly heard it in its uh, King James Version. And I would say in my career as a priest, the 23rd Psalm has probably been used in about 90% of the funerals that I have participated in. No doubt, this psalm will be read at the funerals of some of those 
who have died this week. It is a psalm of great comfort, dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. It is also deeply personal as you hear the voice of the psalmist. Deeply personal language. And I learned that in the early church, at the great vigil of Easter, the 23rd Psalm was sung as those who were being baptized were coming up out of the water. And later did it become associated with funerals. But both of those, baptism and funerals, are notions of dying and rising again. And so the psalm is very appropriate in connecting with both of those, our baptism and our death, dying and being born into new life. But the 23rd Psalm is not just for the dead or the mourning, but also for us now in our present lives. For us, Jesus is the fulfillment of this psalm. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. There's a story I often tell during funeral sermons that captures the essence of the 23rd Psalm. Thomas Erskine was a Scottish minister and theologian and was called to the bedside of a farmer who was dying and was uh, quite fearful. And to comfort him, Thomas Erskine said to this dying man, would you like me to go with you? Would you like me to accompany you on this journey into death? And the farmer said, yes, please, I don't want to go alone. To which Thomas Erskine said to him, how much better is it then that you have Jesus who is both your companion on the way and your destination. Jesus is our companion on the way and our destination. I love the image in the psalm of the shepherd leading us but also of His goodness and mercy following us. And the sense in the psalm is not just following, really, but almost pursuing us. God's goodness and mercy pursuing us. The Good Shepherd does not keep us out of the valley of the shadow of death, but stands with us always. In the psalm, towards the end, it talks about God's goodness and mercy. And mercy is translated from the Hebrew chesed, which is often also translated as loving kindness. So when we read mercy, God's goodness and mercy, that word mercy is referring to the kind of love that God has for each of us. 
It is an enduring love that will never abandon us, not even in death. It's a I will not let you go kind of love. God's mercy for us means that you can never be so lost that you are outside of God's love for you. I invite you this week to dwell on that image of Jesus as the Good Shepherd and you as Jesus' sheep of His love for you, His care for you. It is the image of a mother caring for her child. And I invite you to revisit the 23rd Psalm this coming week. Let us read it together again. Page 612. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup is running over. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.